do you want to be apart from being an athlete? Our hope and prayer here on More Than an Athlete is to provide short, helpful, and biblical content that will equip you in becoming more like Christ and making Him known in your athletic spheres. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, athletes? You guys, welcome to another week. And you know, I love having guests on here who just leverage their life for the sake of the gospel. And today, our guest has done just that. And I've talked about my story a little bit before, and there'll be more in the future with that. But his faithfulness has just impacted me since I was a freshman athlete. And there's just a humility about him with his faithfulness. And I cannot wait for us to hear about his story and his leadership. And he is currently on staff at Watermark Church in Dallas, Texas, where he works with the Porch Young Adult Ministry, where he gets to witness Jesus changing the world through the lives of young adults weekly. And his name is Josiah Jones, and Josiah and Kathy have two daughters and one son, and they're actually at the house today that we're recording at. So if y'all hear a little bit of kids in the background, that's what you're hearing. Uh, He played college baseball at East Texas Baptist University. And y'all, today I'm pumped. I'm excited to hear just about his faithfulness uh, to young adults in his baseball world and how to be a person of influence as an athlete. So thanks so much for being on here, Josiah. Oh, it's so great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I think just starting off, I would love to just hear about your baseball journey and just your story of coming to know Christ. Yeah, so baseball was an idol, if I can use that word Mm -hmm. for me. Growing up, I mean, it was everything, especially after my parents divorced. I had to find my identity in something. Mm -hmm. And instead of finding it in Christ, I found it in baseball. So I just went all in and started playing it pretty much year round because that's what you do in Texas. Yeah. Because it's uh, hot six months out of the year and then we don't get much cold. So just started playing baseball and went off to college and really didn't have much skill, but I was the hustler. So those of you listening, you know, if you're the hustler, you don't have much skill, but uh, you outwork everybody. So right. your outwork, uh, your 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 work ethic uh, makes up for maybe a lack of skill. So that was me. I'm just mm-hmm. leading with a limp here, just letting you guys know. But that work ethic led me to play baseball, not at a big school. Uh, you heard it, East Texas Baptist University Division Three. What were we doing here? Uh, but I I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought we were a big deal, but uh, looking back, we were we were the small um, fish in the pond. But it was it was a lot it was a lot of fun. It was exhilarating. I rode the bench my freshman year, but mm-hmm. I had some seniors that came alongside of me to teach me the game or reteach me the game, mm-hmm. and uh, and I loved it. But the problem with that is they weren't following Jesus. So I yeah. just went more and more uh, in with what culture was doing. And before I knew it, I was, uh, you know, starting, I was having a lot of success and I just got totally um, consumed, if I can use that term, with just the world and what it had to offer. So I was the life of the party and, you know, having great success on the field and uh, got National Hitter of the Week. And it was my junior year and we're ranked number seventh in the nation at the time, which, again, isn't a big deal at D3. Uh, when we look at Grace Ball, who's Division One tennis player, come on, somebody, and all the other athletes that are listening to this that are big time. Mm-hmm. But we thought we were big time, and I thought I was big time. And that big timeness, if I can use that, came crashing down on me my junior year. I was getting off the bus from playing a three-game series, and I just started asking myself the question, is that it? Yeah. Because if these things that I've been filling my life with weren't going to do it, what's going to do it? 
And so I remember going back to my apartment that night and my teammates, also my roommates were getting ready to go out to the party. And I just said, I am going to take this one off. And I remember for the first time asking questions about eternity and just asking questions about what's the meaning to life. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I started asking those questions, I just cried out to God. I was just like, I don't know if God's real, but if you're real, will you reveal yourself to me? And over the next few days and weeks, um, I started beginning to understand the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that I was dead in my trespasses and sins, but he made a way to make me alive in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so for so long, I would compare my life to everyone else. And when you do that, you can always find someone worse than you, which right. gives you security in the fact that you're not that bad. But over those days, I started comparing my life to Christ and his holiness and his perfection. And I knew I fell short. And so my mouth was stopped of all justification, as I like to say. And I was like, man, that's my sin on the cross. And I need that savior. And so I cried out to him and just said, God, would you forgive me? And I want you to take this mess that I've made. And again, I wasn't at rock bottom. I was kind of at the all time high of a pinnacle of my career, which, you know, you can get to and find out that it's really empty and lonely yeah. at the top. Or you hit rock bottom and you're like, oh, shoot, I need God to mm -hmm. get me out of this circumstance. And I just didn't really have many circumstances. I felt like Solomon and Ecclesiastes just chasing everything underneath the sun. And I just couldn't grab onto anything, you know, but I had everything, if that makes sense, but from what the world would call success. And so that, that, that season, I uh, committed my life to Jesus mm -hmm. and I never really looked back again. You know, uh, it's not something that, uh, I wasn't perfect, but I was progressive, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I continue to follow Jesus in the midst of running back to sin, but I would confess it and progress and continue to grow in my faith. And I just had people come alongside of me to disciple me, mentor me. And it was just a really sweet season and turned the corner and started a baseball Bible study. And before you know it, we were trying to take the campus by storm for the Let's gospel. Go. Yeah. So that's, that's, awesome. that's just a quick story of like how God mm -hmm. arrested my heart and, and got a hold of me. Yeah, I think it's so cool from my perspective, too, to hear your story and just, you know, the young adults now that you get to impact in, through Christ and just to see those small steps of faithfulness and what God ends up doing with it. And so it's really neat to hear your story. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. You know, today we're talking about how to be a person of influence. And obviously we want to cater towards athletes, but obviously as people and just believers in general. And so kind of my first question is, why do you think we should care about leadership as athletes? Well, I think leadership is everything. Mm -hmm. If you think about great sports teams, if you think about great organizations and businesses, everything rises and falls on leadership, even ministries. Right. If you don't have leadership, then you don't have a strong team. You don't have a strong business and you don't have a strong ministry. And so and I, would, I just say this leadership is influence. And so I think so often we um, spend so much time. Like for, for instance, we're talking to a bunch of athletes. So if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. We spend so much time sharpening our skill. Yeah. Uh, we spend so much time, you know, spending uh, enormous amounts of time, money, and uh, just effort into eating the right food, right. working out, you know, getting our body to just a, a pristine place. Mm -hmm. And then all the extra time we spend on the field or on the court, you know, just getting those reps and yeah. uh, practicing our skill. And I love what First Timothy 4.8 says. It just says physical training is good, 
But training for godliness is much better. Why? Because it promises benefits in this life and the life to come. Mm -hmm. And uh, people will, 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 you'll attract people by your skill, but you will keep people or people will follow you because of your character. Yeah. And I think so often we see athletes spend enormous, again, amount of time on their skill, but very little time on sharpening their character and growing their character. And so their skill outweighs their character and then they plummet. Mm -hmm. And so man, leadership is influence. And the way that you influence is by having both. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's just character. Yeah. You know, you attract people through your skill. Like people are going to come watch you. People are going to listen to you because you're a a solid athlete. Yeah. But um, if you're going to keep people, if they're going to continue to follow you, it's going to be because you have high character and you have integrity. That's good. And kind of going off of that with having that influence, you know, perfecting that skill to where the point of people come or your athletes are watching you or your teammates are watching you. How do you think we can actually influence others with our position as being an athlete specifically? Yeah, I think leaders go first, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I, I, I love that term because whatever you're doing, are you are you following or are you trying to lead the pack? Right. And so great leaders are also great followers. So you have to have someone you're following, right? Someone you're looking up to, someone that's mentoring you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, on your team, are you the first one to get to the gym and the last one to stay? Mm-hmm. Are you uh, the one that is, uh, you know, bringing the team together when hard times come and speaking life and encouragement? Every, yeah. You know, encouragement is the lifeblood of any relationship. True. And so if you're the Debbie Downer, if you're the, you know, the person that constantly uh, sees the negative and everything, mm-hmm. that's not going to help uh, build the team back up when you're, you know, on a losing streak. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a- another way of influencing, I-, I just think this is so imperative to leadership is leading with a limp. Mm-hmm. I mean, I-, I share this all the time, but people will be impressed with what you know, or they'll be impressed with your skill, but they'll connect with you because of your weaknesses. Right. And so when you do get it wrong, as a parent, the best thing that I can do is just to own that before my kids mm-hmm. and before my wife and say, hey, that wasn't my best. Yeah. Will you forgive me? Yeah. Same on the court. You know, when you get it wrong, when mm-hmm. you when you when you miss, mm-hmm. you know, you don't make the play right. uh, when when you have a moment off the court that isn't your best. Yeah. Just coming and saying, hey, that was a huge miss. That was not a good reflection of what we're trying to be about on this team. Mm-hmm. Will you forgive me? I think the most powerful phrase in in our vocabulary is, will you forgive me? I mean, four words. And I don't think there's enough of that. Yeah. And, and so I just say, hey, the, the best thing you can do is to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Don't try to suppress, you know, your mistakes, but just say, hey, I, I, that wasn't my best. Mm-hmm. And and I think that gains influence. Yeah. This This generation, more than any other generation, sniffs out inauthenticity. They know when you're not being real. Sure. They know when you're being fake and they don't have any room for that. They don't have any time for that. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's so vital. If you're going to have influence, you got to be honest. You got to be, you got to be transparent and authentic in yeah. everything that you do. And that will attract people to you. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. And just how to be authentic on your team. I think it can be really easy to you know, want to look a certain way or be perceived as a certain athlete, but to lead with that limp, like you're talking about, I think that can impact your teammates more than we ever realize. And so that's really good. Yeah. I think, I think that, let me say this real quick for mm-hmm. those of you who are listening uh, and you're like, man, how does this really play out? I think it plays out in, you know, a couple ways. First, 
um, man, we have to double down on this verse in James 5, 16 that says, confess your sin one to another, pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so there's this mentality as men of God, uh, athletes who want to be about his business, we have to live in the light. Mm -hmm. We have to be quick to um, point out anything, like, Lord, point out anything that's offensive to you so I can be led by the way of everlasting. Like, I want to be a man who um, exposes the sin that's in me. Because here's the problem. Many people look at Christians mm -hmm. and they say, I could never measure up to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we 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 put on the Christian T-shirt. We act like our stuff don't stink, and they see right through that. Mm -hmm. They say, "Bro, I, I saw how you talked to him. I, yeah. I heard what came out of your mouth. I saw what you did on the weekend." And and there, or, or it's like I don't see any of that. Mm -hmm. Or you know, it's that, and they don't come back and own anything. Right. And they don't. Oh, that was a miss. Mm -hmm. And so they're just hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Or it's the other thing. They're just so buttoned up, where it's like I can't measure up to that. Yeah. And you're doing things behind closed doors that nobody knows about. Yeah. And, and and the best thing you can do is just be honest and live in the light before God and before man and before your teammates. And I'm telling you, that's going to give you a lot of credit, credibility and it's going to make you more healthy. Mm -hmm. he, he says it'll bring healing to yeah. your body. Yeah. It'll bring healing to your uh, to, to your faith. Yeah. And I think that's a, a missing component where we're quick to confess in. If you're a Christian athlete, listen to this. You're quick to confess sin to God. First mm -hmm. John 1, 9, if you, can, mm -hmm. if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But are you, that's that's vertical, mm -hmm. your vertical relationship with God. But are you quick to confess that yeah. to a trusted brother and sister yeah. um, horizontally? And then from that, lead with a limp as you're trying mm -hmm. to influence your team. Me too. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, you, you struggle with that? Me too. And so it's just this inviting way of saying, hey, I'm not perfect, mm -hmm. but I'm pursuing the one who is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And something we've talked about, too, on here is just the community that's around us. It can be within athletics or outside, but just having those group of either women or men that are going to hold you to that standard and yeah. that you can actually confess those things to and not walking around the sin, but actually addressing it and saying what it is. Totally. Because so. the power of sin yeah. is always in secrecy. Yeah. And so if you want to, because here's some, some athletes are, are listening to this right now and, and, and sin is just mm -hmm. eating them alive yeah. and you, because you're thinking that you have to be perfect and, and you can't measure up to that and people already know you're not. Yeah. And so find a trusted brother. This is how it looks mm -hmm. or, or a sister in Christ, mm -hmm. uh, same gender and go to them and just say, Hey, I've been suppressing this sin for so long. And I have been living uh, kind of a lie. Mm -hmm. And I just want to bring this to the light. It's good. So that this sin can lose its power, but then also so that you can hold me accountable. Right. So that I'm not continuing to fall into mm -hmm. this. And I and I, I heard this phrase a long time ago, but the the um the secret to life is to live a life without secrets. Hmm. And there's some people listening to this right now that have secrets that they've never shared. And it's and it's weighing them down, and they're trying to be God's man, and they're trying to be God's woman, yeah. And 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 they're just not able to find freedom. Mm -hmm. And and then when we live a life with secrets, we also give into shame, guilt, and condemnation. True. And so if you believe the gospel that Jesus died for your sin, that He was raised from the dead three days later to defeat sin and death, 
and there's nothing you can do to make yourself right with him. It's everything he did on that cross. Mm -hmm. You've been saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift from God so that no man may boast, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And guess what? The Bible also says in Romans 8, 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So you don't have to live Mm -hmm. in that guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. And listen, you don't have to live with this uh, perfectionism where you think you have to be perfect in front of everybody. Yeah. You don't have to live for the approval of man. Yeah. Galatians 1.10. Yeah. You can live for the approval of Christ because if you try to live for the approval of man, you'll never be a servant of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so even if you confess something and someone ma- mismanages information about you, you know who you are. Yeah. That you don't. Ha- I love my baby crying. If you hear that, you know who you are, that mm-hmm. there's therefore no, no, there's therefore now no condemnation. There's no shame or guilt. Your identity is secured in what mm-hmm. Christ says not what these other people do. Cause I've had people mismanage information about me Yeah, and it hurts. Yeah. But then I have to go back and say, no, no, they can say what they want. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to keep it 100. I'm trying right. to keep it real. Right. Uh, and so if that, if that, if, if they're feeling like I'm, I can't be real mm-hmm. and, and they think that I'm less than now because I'm just mm-hmm. trying to be real. That's, that's on them. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be God's man mm-hmm. and I'm going to reach a generation that is craving they're craving people to be real. So true. And so I, I just think if you're if you're in that place, just take freedom in Christ right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. And, and remind yourself who you are in him and what he says about you, not what other people are going to do. Mm. That's awesome, Josiah. So good. And I think it's so, so important to touch on sin and how to confess and the practicals within that and how that will affect us as athletes, as teammates, as people of Christ. And so, so good. Yeah. Uh, what else would you tell someone of what it means to be a good leader or a per- person of influence? You know, I even think of going after the fact that we graduate, we're not going to be athletes anymore. I just finished up my last season, you know, like being in person, of, but I still want to be a person of influence. What else would you say are practicals of um, how to make a good leader? Yeah, I think it all starts with your relationship with Christ. I, for so long, I try so hard because I'm a doer. I'm just like, I want to get out and I want to get after it. And that's what most athletes are. Mm -hmm. You didn't get to play college sports because you didn't get after it. Yeah. You weren't a hard worker, but there's this, there's this component where I will burn out. Mm -hmm. I will exhaust myself. Like someone's listening right now and they're just tired. Yeah. They're exhausted because they're probably trying to do a lot in their own strength. Mm -hmm. Here's what I believe. And this, this might be crazy for some people listening. I don't believe we burn out because we do too much. I believe we burn out because we do too much in our own strength. Yep. Okay. There is a hallmark verse that I run back to almost every day. John 15, 5. Jesus says this. Listen to it. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. Okay. When I first read that, I was like, I can do a lot apart from you. Right. Well, you can. You can. That's his common grace to all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's athletes getting after it and putting up, you know, points and scoring goals yeah. and, you know, hitting home runs and all of that apart from Christ. That's right. his common grace. Right. But he's saying, for those of you that are listening, you're a Christian first and athlete second, you won't do anything significant for the kingdom apart from him. Mm -hmm. So everything we do 
comes out of an abiding relationship. Anything and everything we do that's useful for the kingdom comes out of an abiding relationship with Christ. And so if you're going to have influence with people, if if they're going to see Christ in you, Mm -hmm. the hope of glory, if they're going to see a different power that's at work in you, yeah. Because you don't want you don't want the natural realm. You want right. the supernatural realm. Right. You know, then it's not going to happen apart from you spending time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Getting alone with him in the morning before you start your day, opening up the Bible and just saying, "God, what would you have for my servant? What would you have for your servant today?" Yeah. And and memorizing scripture and having a prayer life and having people that you can run with that are going to um, call out your bluff, yeah. call out the things in your life that are inconsistent with the character of Christ. Mm. All these different things provide influence for the people that you want to, um, you know, influence the most, Yeah, which I would think would be your teammates, right? Yeah. Your family. And here's what I would also say. One thing I forgot to say a minute ago, second Corinthians, I'm just going to spit Bible. That's all I know because that's, that, that's, what's going to change people. Yeah. But second Corinthians 12, Paul mm. says, I boast about my weaknesses. Like this is powerful. Yeah. Because this is this is influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we don't do this naturally. No. Paul says, I boast about my weaknesses. I'm like, what do you mean, Paul? Like, because he says he's got this thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what the thorn is. We don't know if it's an emotional thorn where he had anxiety or he had depression, or if it's a physical thorn where he had a, you know, a disease or he had cancer or whatever was ailing his body at the time. We don't know if it was emotional or physical or maybe it was spiritual. Yeah. Maybe it was just this drought that he had with the Lord, a spiritual drought where you're getting alone with God mm-hmm. and you're like, God, I, I, where are you? Yeah. Like every time I read it just, you know, feels like I'm just watching paint dry. Right. You know, it's just, it's just dull. It's boring. It's, you know, I don't have any joy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it was, but Paul said he had a thorn and he pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away. Did God take it away? No. And so he finally got to a point where he's like, all right, God, if you're not going to take this away, then I'm going to boast about my weakness. Why? Because when I'm weak, you're strong. Yeah. And and, and he said, so and he, then he goes on to say, so the power of God may rest on me. This is so imperative for it to be an, a person of influence in your culture and in, on your team. Yeah. When you boast about your weaknesses, you allow other people uh, to see yeah, you so as a, a real person. Mm-hmm. And 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 then and then it's like, oh wow, you can say that, you can boast about that. Okay, then I, I guess I can too. Yeah. And and I I don't know about you, but I want the power of God. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the number one thing that you can do, the number one thing that you can do is just to be real. I know I keep hammering that point home. But if you're going to be real, if you're going to be transparent, and authentic, like people are going to be attracted to that. Yeah. And so if you're struggling with a physical ailment, you're struggling with depression, mm-hmm. worry, anxiety. If you're struggling with just spiritual, uh, what I would call drought, or yeah. maybe you're just kind of a dark night of the soul, spiritually with God, and there's not a lot of connection there. Boast about it. Yeah. Speak that. Like cry out to God and say, God, I, I, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Boast about that within your community. And, and I think you're going to see a breakthrough where you're going to, where Paul says the power of God's going to rest on your life, but it all starts with you getting real with yourself yeah. and not trying to be someone you're not. Mm-hmm. We don't need any more fake Christians. Right. We really don't. Amen. We don't. <laughs> yeah. So good. Love that. Uh, looking back on your college career, what would you want to tell your baseball college freshman self? You know? Oh man. Yeah. 
Well, I, I came into college again. You heard my story in the front end, just chasing the party, chasing the next sexual high. I was a porn mm-hmm. addict for 10 years of my life. So a decade, uh, just chasing, you know, money, popularity, success, yeah. likes, you know, a platform. And it just led me to a, to a place of unsatisfaction, unfulfillment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I wish I had um, heard, I wish I would have responded to the gospel yeah. sooner, right? Yeah. I, I wish it didn't take me almost three years of my college career to, to, to hear it. But um, I think what I'm most thankful for mm-hmm. is that God took me to that place of unsatisfaction. But I, what I would tell my freshman self is to humble yourself, Josiah, under the mighty hand of God, mm-hmm. or you will be humbled. Yeah. Like there's, you're never going to win. You're never going to sin and win with God. Mm-hmm. Like the Proverbs 14, 12, I quote it all the time. It says, there's a way that seems right to man, but that way ends in death. Yeah. And so I would just say, hey, you can either humble yourself before your creator or or he's going to humble you. And the way he humbled me by was by just bringing me to a place of the end. Yeah. And, and, and knowing that none of these things mattered mm-hmm. apart from him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after I came to Christ, he's like, hey, I've given you a platform. I, I've given you skill. Yeah. I've given you popularity, influence. You know, if you're if you're a, a man or woman of of good looks, mm-hmm. that's not for you. Right. You know, in in first Corinthians, God says, what have you been given? What, or excuse me, what do you have that you have not been given? And I think so often we don't steward the things that we've been given because we don't believe that we were given, we were given those things by our creator. Yeah. And so it all starts with you recognizing that everything you have, even your skill, you were given. Right. And sure, you sharpened it. Great. But God's allowed you to sharpen it. Mm. Your looks, your good looks, God's allowed you to have those. Yeah. You know, your ability to... Um, make friends and and have a great personality god's given that to you yeah and when you steward that well you're gonna find joy Mm -hmm. you're gonna find satisfaction i always say when you connect the creation back to the creator that's worship so good i was i had self-worship for so long Mm -hmm. i was at the center of my life and it did not end well for me and so again you can either humble yourself before your creator Mm-hmm. or he will humble you. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can either bend the knee now or bend the knee later. Yeah. But for some of us listening, if you're listening to this, for some of us, uh, it, it, it might be too late. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you, you continue to go down that road and all you're doing is um, breeding narcissism. All you're breeding is self-love. All you're breeding is, is this idea of I'm my own God. Yeah. And the the longer you stay on the track, the harder it is for you to see God. Right. And uh, and so I just encourage you, uh, if you like what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like what you're doing, then get off the track yeah. and turn to God. Mm, that's so good. That's really, really good. All right. And then kind of for a final question, what would you say it means to you to be more than an athlete? Oh, that's a great question. I'm just going to take you back to the word. Okay. That's where I'm going to start because that's the best place. Matthew 5, 16 says this, let your light shine before men so they may see your good works and glorify my father who is in heaven. So excellence matters. Yeah. So they may see your excellence. You can 
you know, just replace good works for excellence. They may see your excellence and glorify your father who's in heaven. Excellence honors God and it inspires people. We're talking about leadership influence, y'all. Yeah. The way that you gain leadership influence is by being excellent in all that you do. Mm -hmm. And so there was a coach, uh, he coached for the Green Bay Packers, a guy named Vince Lombardi. He said this, we will, we will pursue perfection. And although we'll never reach it, uh, we will accomplish excellence along the way. So he's like, hey, we're going we're gonna to pursue perfection. We're never going to reach it. Yeah. But when we pursue perfection, we're going to also attain excellence or we're going to attain excellence along the way. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you can be excellence in a lot of things. You can be excellent in your academics, by the way you study, by the way you get up early and you um, have integrity in how you study and how you take tests and how you yeah. do work. You can be excellent in sports by the way you train, the way you beat your body and make it your slave, Paul mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. um, and physical training is good. But excellence when it comes to God is, is way different. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the gospel tells us that perfection isn't something we can pursue. Right. But rather perfection pursued us. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. excellence spiritually is not something that we achieve or accomplish. That's what's hard for athletes to understand the gospel because we're, we're doers. And it's like, what do you mean I can't do anything right. to make myself right with God or to earn right standing with God? No, that's the, that's the beauty of the yeah. gospel. Yeah. You can achieve it. It's not something you achieve or accomplish. But excellence spiritually is something that we receive by faith. Hmm. And from that faith, from this uh, verse in Romans 10, 9, 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And so there's this act of faith in not believing in your work, but believing in his work, what he's done for you on the cross. That's what allows you to be made right with God. And so it's this, it's this, we're flipping the paradigm upside yeah. down where it's like, I, I, I can't work from this yeah. or I can't work for this. No, you can't work from, for right. this, but you can work from this. Mm -hmm. So you can't work for your salvation. It's a free gift. It's mm -hmm. scandalous, man. It's fierce grace. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing mm -hmm. because if you could work for your salvation, what was the point of Jesus dying on the cross? You can't do it. Right. And then it would take away from what he did on the cross. Mm -hmm. If you're like, well, I can get to heaven by being a good person, doing good works and going to church and being religious. It would minimize what he did for us on the cross. Yeah. But once you are saved, here's the beauty. He has good works in store for you to walk into. Mm -hmm. So you work from that place of salvation. God, you saved me. You, you've given me forgiveness. I'm made right with you. I'm going to be with you for all of eternity. I want to walk in those good works. I'm not, I don't want to just go hide out and wait for you to come back mm -hmm. or wait for me to die and go to heaven. No, mm -hmm. I want to walk in those good works right now. And right. one of the most, I would just say this, the, the, when, I, when I got excited about my faith, I said this last night when I was teaching that paradigm. I said, hey, I love the grace and the mercy that I received from mm -hmm. the gospel. Mm -hmm. But what got me fired up was God saying, hey, now go share this with other people. Yeah. And so it's like he's giving you this key. And the key is the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus and your story of how he saved you. And he's saying, hey, take this key and you're going to come across different people that used to sit in the same prisons that you used to sit in. Yeah. And so take the good news of Jesus, share that, share your story on how he captured your heart, share that with the people that you're 
talking to who's sitting in those same prisons you used to. Mm -hmm. And listen, you're going to unlock those prisons through the gospel and your story. And now he's going to show you how this message isn't just for you, but it's for everyone else. Yeah. And then you see people come alive because the gospel is real. Mm. The gospel ch still changes people. And some of us listening today, we're like, is, does the gospel even work? Mm. I'm here to tell you the gospel is alive and it's powerful and it's changing people all across the nation. Yeah. I have the privilege. I have a front row seat to what, what I get to go to every Tuesday called The Porch. It's a young adult ministry where 3,000 young adults gather every week. And it's not about the number, but it is about this movement that God is raising up to change the world. I love our mission statement. Surrender to God. We're changing the world through the lives of young adults. Mm -hmm. So you're not just an athlete. Mm -hmm. You're not just a banker. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. You're a Christian mm -hmm. first. And then you're taking all the influence and the platform that God's given you in whatever season of life you're in, if you're listening to this. And he's saying, go and use that to have fun yeah. And go, go enjoy those gifts that I've given you mm -hmm. within the game and within that boyfriend, girlfriend relationship, yeah. or go make a bunch of money, Right. but leverage, don't, don't miss it. Leverage the only message that matters at the end of the day. And as you're making money, as you're pursuing someone to hopefully marry someday, yeah. as you're scoring a bunch of points and winning games, don't forget that the greatest message needs to go forward in whatever platform he's given you. Yeah. And so that's what I would say. If you do that, then you'll be way more than an athlete. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah. I think of Philippians 419, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And he's going to provide for us. He's providing this platform, being a person of influence, but now it's for his glory. And I was talking to some athletes last night and I was just telling them, I'm, I'm pleading with them. This is the greatest thing you could give your college career, your athletic career, your life to. And it's so fun, too. I love just hearing about how fired up you are because it is fun. It's so neat to watch God move. So I love your answers, Josiah. And we just appreciate you being on here. And like I said, your faithfulness has impacted athletes, young adults, and so many more to come. come on. So we appreciate well, you Well, I appreciate you, Grace, what you're doing and uh, how God is using you to leverage your voice and your gifts and your faith is inspiring to me mm -hmm. and my family. And mm -hmm. so we're pumped uh, to see what God's going to do in your life in the days ahead. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Josiah. All right, athletes. I hope you have Let's a great rest of Hey, we want to thank you for listening. Did you know that you could help more than an athlete by rating, reviewing, and subscribing? Follow us on Instagram at more than an athlete. And the more that you do this, the more athletes can tune in and find the content. We hope you found this week's episode helpful and encouraging.